listen, let's jump right into where we were last week. You know, we've been uh, teaching. This is our seventh week, or at least our seventh teaching uh, about this lifestyle of righteousness, about living a lifestyle of righteousness. And uh, we just decided we we decided we were going to take our time with it. And we've just been walking uh, through it uh, week by week. Uh, I think we've probably reached the end of what we um, are going to the time we'll spend on this particular topic, you never exhaust it, right? Uh, but we, only, we, we have probably reached the end of that. And so last week, we were talking about the four keys um, for living a righteous lifestyle. And so I want to pick up right there where we left off uh, on, on last week. So we said there were four things that we as believers needed to do as we begin to live this lifestyle of righteousness. Mm -hmm. The first thing we say we need to do is number one, we got to build ourselves up in the faith. We got to spend time in God's word. We said that a big part of spiritual development involves reading and studying God's word so that we know uh, and understand exactly what God uh, is, is trying to get to his people for his people to understand. The second thing was, is that we said we had to spend time praying in the Holy Spirit. We understand how important that is. In fact, it's one of our four commitments this year. We said in our four commitments that there were four things we were going to do. And one of those was making sure we spent time praying in the Holy Spirit. We know a lot of times when we don't know what to say, uh, Holy Spirit makes intercession for us. And then the third thing is, is we said we got to keep ourselves in God's love. Amen. And that's Amen. so incredibly important because there are so many things in the world that is pulling after us to get us out of God's love. You know, we talk about faith and we believe that we are faith ministry. We believe that we are people of faith. But the Bible tells us that faith only works by love. love. And so in order for our faith to stay on, uh, we have to make sure that the flow of that faith, the connector is still going. And that is God's love. And so we actually even read in, in Jude 121 where he says, keep yourselves in the love of God, which means that there's whenever there's an, a, a statement that says, keep yourselves or, or, or a bound to do, it means we have a responsibility to play in that. Yeah. And so we have to make sure that we keep ourselves in love. Uh, there'll be many opportunities in which we will have an opportunity to be offended. The Bible says that we should not take those. And then lastly, no, number, don't run over that. You should, you should make that, just say that point again. Well, the point, I mean, we've, we've talked, we've, we've talked that many, many, many times we've said it in, in our teaching about not being offended. The Bible says that you and I, all of us, We'll have many opportunities to be offended. It's up to us not to take those. The reason we don't take offense is because when we don't take offense, we get to stay in love. No, that's good. And so Thank the you. number four was to wait with hope. It means to have an expectation. The Bible says my expectation comes from the Lord and him alone. And so we got to learn to wait for hope. And waiting for hope is not this idea of just sitting around wishing things would go good. Hope is understanding what God has promised and being able to see it before you see it. Oh, that's good. We talked last week about not letting time wear us out. Mm -hmm. You cannot allow, allow time to wear you out so that you lose hope. You gotta, you gotta make sure that when you get a word from God, that no matter what's coming from the left or what's coming from the right or what you're seeing in the natural or even what you may be feeling in your soul, you gotta go back to what did God say? Did God because say? once you understand what God has said to you and for you, then you understand uh, that, that, that it is true for you. It's why Hebrews 6 and 9 actually even says that we have this, God's word, as a sure and steadfast anchor for our soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain. And so it is important that we understand those four things, that we understand that we must build ourselves up in faith, that we must pray in the Holy Spirit, we got to keep ourselves in God's love and that we have to wait with hope. Those four things are our responsibility. Our responsibility. And when we do that, then we open the door for all of the benefits of living the righteous life. And there's so many benefits. So many benefits life. of living the righteous life. And people talk about, well, you know, well, why, why, why do you talk about the benefits? Well, because the reality of it is we all do something for benefit. People exercise for the benefit of better health, right? People who understand spiritually what it means to sow and reap, they sow because there's a benefit of reaping. Uh, we understand that, that the things that we do, we don't do them for the benefit, but we do them because we love God. And because God loved us, he's connected a benefit to it. That's good. And I think that's important. That's so good. we're going to talk about those seven things uh, right now. 
uh, the seven benefits of living a righteous life. And the first one I want to talk about is that when you are living a righteous life, here's one of the guarantees that you have, that the Lord hears your prayers. That's the Lord amazing. hears the prayers of the righteous. For the Bible says in 1 Peter 3 and 12, it says, for the eyes of the Lord, they are over the righteous and his ears, watch this, are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. He says, so, you know, if you're not practicing these four things, if you're not doing the four things we talked about, but then yet you're going to God in prayer, asking God to do all of these wonderful things for you. The Bible says that if you're practicing evil, which is to do the opposite of what God has instructed, it says that the face of the Lord is against you. In other words, he doesn't hear you. He doesn't recognize that. Uh, and so, you know, a lot of times people like to say, well, you know, God loves me. I know he hears me. God is a strategic, organized and methodical God. He set it up that way so that we never have to guess or wonder about what the outcome is going to be. Good, and he says, good. for the eyes of the Lord, they are over the righteous. God is watching those of us who are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He says, and it's not about, and I, and I, I mentioned that because it's not about your, your right actions per se. It's not like, oh, if you make a mistake, God's throwing you away. To be righteous is to understand what Christ has done for us and that he has made us righteous. And then he says that if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my He says, I keep the Father's commandments, so you should keep mine. He said, I keep the Father's commandments, so I stay in his love. If you, if you keep my commandments, you will stay in my love. That places us as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So he says, the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. Praise God, those who choose to live a lifestyle of righteousness have an open channel of communication for the Lord to hear our prayers. Yeah, but I want to finish that verse because I think that that's the part people don't talk about. Yeah. This is First Peter. To put, tell you, name, this is New Testament. New Testament. It says, but the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. Listen. Yes, we're born again believers. We don't make ourselves righteous. We do not make ourselves righteous, but God is interested in how we live. Mm -hmm. He is interested in how we live. And it says his eyes are open to the righteous. Praise God for that. His ears are open to our prayers. Praise God for that. But the face of the Lord is against them that do yes, evil, meaning God is not co-signing our mess. Right. God is not interested in just giving us things for us to live how we want to live, to do whatever it is we want to do. We are supposed to be a testimony of what he has done in our lives. There should be some sign that we belong to God. And he says, and then the reward for that is that my eyes are looking over you and my ears are open to your prayer. And if the if the and if the Lord is looking over us, then that means he sees when trouble comes. Yes. He knows beforehand. And so that is the reason that you can get a, 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 a download, a revelation about things you should avoid because Holy Spirit will begin to talk to you about those things because the Lord has seen it all. He's oh, watching over that. the righteous. He sees what's in front of us. He sees what's behind us. He sees what's to the left of us, what's to the right of us. In fact, let's just go ahead and say this one and type this in the comments. Say, God has got me covered. God has got me God covered. God has got, if you, if you are the righteous, God's got you God covered. God has got me covered. Amen. And so then, so the first one is the Lord hears the prayers of the righteousness. And the second one is the Lord delivers the righteous. You ought to shout hallelujah. The Lord delivers Praise God us. for deliverance. He delivers us. Mm -hmm. He delivers us. Now, I'll, as we go into number two, I want you to understand this. Now, Pastor Ellen just told us God has got us covered, yep. right? He says that God has looked in front. He's looked behind. He knows all the players involved. In other words, he knows every plot scheme of the enemy, right? God is never caught by surprise. He is never caught by surprise. Let me just give you a preview of this next series. The reason we want to obey God mm -hmm. is because God wants to do number two, which is what? 
deliver the righteous. Yes. Do you know how hard it is to deliver disobedient people? Yeah. Do you know how hard it is? The Bible says that disobedient people are stubborn, stiff-necked people. They're stubborn and stiff-necked. So is it possible that there are people out here, you're born again, you love Jesus, you come to the mm. services, you, you pray in tongues, but when God tells you how to spend your money, you don't listen. You're stubborn and stiff. You, you're, you, so you, <laughs> you operate in a character that's not the character right. God is giving you. And you keep saying, why do I keep ending up in this financial situation? Because you don't listen to yes. the Lord. So because his eyes are over you, yes. his ears yes. are open to your yes. cry. Yes. So literally, I want you to think about this. You got a marriage problem. You got a family problem. You got a money problem. You got a health problem, whatever it is, the Lord is going to, because his eyes are open to us, he's going to give us specific instructions. Yes. But if I practice a lifestyle of disobedience or subjective obedience, I'm going to miss the instruction that's designed to deliver me. And then I'm going to say, no, God didn't deliver me. Yes. No, God makes a way available in escape. It says the righteous person may have many troubles. But the Lord delivers them from them all. What did he say? Yes. The Lord delivers you from some. No. The Lord delivers you from a few. Mm -mm. The Lord only delivers us in the summertime. Nope. The Lord delivers us from all. There is deliverance for every situation. And you got to understand when that scripture says that the righteous person may have many troubles, the many troubles should not be self-inflicted trouble. Come on. The trouble should be that you are troubled because the enemy hates the fact that you're living for God. Those are the things God delivers us from. He will also deliver us from those other things. But some of those self-made mistakes you stay in because you keep because they're self-made. Because you keep the, because you right. keep you keep repeating right. the cycle. Right. So it's like you pray for God to get you out of a bad relationship. Well, we saw that with the children of Israel. They, yes. they would get delivered, and then they'd go right back into bondage. Go right they'd cry back. out to God, and what would he do? he delivered them. But then they go right back into bondage. And then they cry out to God, and they would deliver them. But every time they were back into bondage, it was causing them more trauma. God is like, I want to deliver you. And when God delivers you from trouble, it's a total deliverance. He's like, stop going back into bondage. Whatever you were in bondage to when I deliver you, don't go back to it again. Don't be, and I know people don't like that, that, that connotation, but don't be a dog returning to his vomit. Don't go back to the thing you've been delivered from. Don't go back to the thing you've been delivered from. So it's like you get out of a relationship because it finally got so bad that you pray and let God deliver you. And then you get lonely and you go back to the exact same type of person. So what I hear you say is that my disobedience can create trauma. Yeah, absolutely. That my disobedience can create unnecessary trauma. You can have heartbreaks and disappointment and all kind of all kind of financial trouble because you wouldn't obey God. But the benefit of being righteous is that God is going to deliver us. He's going to give us the way to go. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then it says, but the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He saves us, not just to heaven. He saves us. Mm -hmm. He is our strength in the time of trouble. Mm -hmm. Now, another part of the deliverance is that many of us, we know God delivers us. But in trouble, we look to deliver ourselves. Mm -hmm. Instead of sitting down, we, we many of us, we have to train ourselves to hear the word in trouble, to not just decide what we're going to say and what we're going to do and how we're going to respond. And I'm going to tell my husband this and I'm going to tell my boss this. No, he is going to be my strength in the time of trouble. That doesn't just mean God is going to undergird me to suffer. Mm -hmm. It means that God is going to provide a way of escape. Yes. The Lord delivers the righteous from trouble. Absolutely. I must be inclined to hear and I must be willing to do what. Here, here's a perfect example. When the children of Israel are still in Goshen mm -hmm. and it's the last plague. Yep. And he says, if the blood is on your door, your firstborn will be delivered. Yep. Right? What did that mean? 
He said, I don't care that you're Jewish. I don't care that you're Hebrew. And the, 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 what I need from you is what? The blood over your door. If you had chosen not to put the blood over your door yes. and then you lost your firstborn, it would not be God's fault because you ignored the instruction. Many times God is giving us instruction that creates an ark that puts the mm -hmm. blood over our door. And we say, I'm not going to do that because that doesn't make sense. I'm not going to do that because so-and-so don't understand. But our protection, our deliverance comes from doing what he said the Absolutely. way he said. Absolutely. The yeah. Lord delivers the righteous. Yes. So think about that. Number one, we said that the Lord hears our prayers thank god number two he delivers us when trouble comes thank god and then number three the lord then sustains us he sustains through us. the trouble and after the trouble yeah the lord is a sustainer somebody ought to put that in the comment section say the lord is a sustainer listen psalms uh 55 and 22 says cast your burden upon the lord whatever is troubling you he says i'm a deliverer of your trouble but not why you're trying to do it yourself yeah he said i need your trouble let me trouble your, your trouble. trouble i love that because first thessalonians says it is a righteous thing but for god, god to, to trouble, to trouble your, trouble. your troubles and so the bible says here in psalm 55 cast your burden upon the lord and he will sustain you he will never allow the righteous to be shaken he will never allow the righteous to be shaken. In other words, he says, God's word will anchor your soul. God's word will keep you. Why? Because when you are living righteous, when you are the righteous of God in Christ Jesus in all of its meaning, God hears your prayers. God delivers you when trouble comes that the enemy brings to try to shake you. And he says, know this, I'm the Lord your God and I will sustain you and I will never allow the righteous to be shaken. And do you know one of the things I really love about the Lord? What's that? Even if I get myself in trouble, yeah. the children of Israel show that if I repent, yeah. if I turn if from I turn. it and I say, God, I need your help, he will help me. Because he delivers the righteous out of all of their trouble. And then he sustains mm -hmm. us, right? Yep. He sustains us. The Lord is our sustainer. And I think that sometimes people miss the sustaining system, the season, the sustaining system. Season. What is the sustaining season? It is when the woman with the barrel of oil and the, I mean, the oil and the um flour when she pulls out, it's not necessarily full to the top, but every time she goes, there is what she needs. Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes people miss um, getting that season because we ignore how many times it shouldn't have been enough. And God made a way out of no way. Mm -hmm. Anybody ever seen God make a way out of no way? It shouldn't have been enough. It shouldn't have been enough provision. It shouldn't have worked out for your good. You shouldn't have got the job, but God is a sustainer. That's interesting right? because remember what I told you. I don't know if you remember what I told you last week. After we got those of you that were here for the huddle, uh, we know we had a, a wonderful time. And one of the words that came to all of us, Fashion gave a word from the Lord that said that we would have two years of surplus. And I was really, really thinking about that on Sunday and Monday just about what that would look like. And, and I, I, I did that thing that I do sometimes where I start trying to plan things, you know, and, and, and the Holy Spirit really spoke to me. And he said, I really need you to stop. I need you to hold on. He said, because when I said that I'm going to give you two years of surplus, he said, that may not look like you having two years of, of money stacked in an account somewhere. He said, just like I sustained the widow woman for three years, the moment the man of God showed up, she had surplus. When she obeyed me, she had surplus. She had more than enough. He says, so don't let your natural eyes deceive you. And so that was the word I came back and I was telling you that. I said, this is what the Lord said for me. I don't know if he said it for anybody else, but he told me, he said, don't get weary if you don't see two years of your salary in the bank account at a certain time. He said, just know that over the course of the next two years, Everything I've called you to do, you're going to have that and more enough than enough to do it. 
Absolutely. That, so, so I need. To, I wanted to reframe that for those who may have heard that word and and, and are like me trying to figure out. Well, I got to get two years of. You know, my salary fifty thousand dollars. I got to get a hundred thousand dollars in my bank account. No, no. What that word really confirmed for me was is that everything God wants puts in my heart to do. You know, we've been laughing. I said that in twenty twenty three, I want to go on vacation twelve times. I'm going. I, I want to go on vacation once a month. And, and so the Lord was like, "Listen, I put that in your heart." And you need to know that everything you desire to do, you're going to have the money to get it done. And it may not look like you just got it stacked in an account somewhere, but every time you go to that barrel, every time you need it, it's going to be there. He said, so the next two years, that's what I need you to, I, I need you to know that in advance. And so that was good to me. So I, I, I threw that in there. No, I think it's, I think it's a perfect share because I think sometimes people really miss out on when God is sustaining mm -hmm. them because it's like I I can't look at my account but did you lack anything did you lack anything you, you're like no it's cool when yeah. it's in your account yeah. But did you lack anything? Because surplus you... just means more than enough. So if I need to do two things and God allows me to do two things and then I still got enough for the third, that's surplus. Absolutely. And then it gets us into number four. This is so good. Do y'all think this is a good teaching? Man, listen, there are benefits to living righteously. It is. And the Lord prospers the prospers. righteous. The Lord prospers Look at the that. righteous. He hears us, delivers us, sustains us. And then what does he do on top of all that? He prospers, he prospers us. us. So the truth of it is, is that as we're growing in this space, many of you may be in your sustaining season. Mm. But understand there is a place where you prosper. Oh, yeah. Oh, there yeah. is a place where oh, you yeah. prosper. Listen, and, we, and Paul says we need to learn how to be content whether we're in the season where we're drawing from the barrel or whether we're in the season where we can look and see mm -hmm. the money in our account, right? We just want to say, you know, when we went to the Maverick City concert, they sang a song, we got everything we, we need. need. I yeah. need you to put that in the comments. We have everything we need. And I think that this is so important. You know, we're kind of meshing three and four together. But I think that people really have missed out on the opportunity to see the hand mm -hmm. of God because literally people decide what God can do based on their own account. Mm -hmm. People decide what God can do based on their credit score. Mm -hmm. People decide what God can do based on the economy. Mm. And I am so thankful that one of the things, and I think that you would say that this is has been very consistent about me, is that I decide what God can do based on what God sees. Mm -hmm. And I just very rarely worry about how it's going to get done. My only job is to do what he tells me to do. Yeah, that's key. In my only job and I look at my business and see, I remember the season when my business was a sustained in mm -hmm. a sustaining mm -hmm. season. But as I kept obeying, kept looking, we we need to understand that God only needs our yes and our obedience. Mm -hmm. He all you we used to say this all the time. We said it a lot in 2020. God already know what he's gonna already do. Know what he's gonna Can y'all tell your neighbor that? God already know what he's going to do. God already knows. He already knows what he's going to do. That's why he told you to move this way yeah. because he already knows what he's going Absolutely. to do. And we don't want to miss our provision when God told us to be at the north end of A Street, but we decided to go to the south end of A Street because it seemed like it was more prosperous yeah. there. Yeah. Understand this. If God places you in a desert yes. and he tells you, you will prosper there. The moment God says you will prosper there, that desert becomes a place of prosperity yeah. for you. Yeah. On the other hand, you can go to the most popping company, the most popping job and not prosper there because it's not the place that God told you to prosper. Well, we, we, we see that even in the Bible where who was it? Abraham and Lot were together. And and they had the, the they were prospering so much together. Abraham looked at his nephew and said, "Hey, you know, we we got to divide up. You know, we we need more space, more land. W which one do you want? You know, because Abraham understood that wherever I go, I'm gonna be blessed. So you pick. And the Bible says that Lot looked at you know a certain direction and he looked more prosperous, and he went that way. God for for those of us that are believers, prosperity is not the place we go; it's who we are. 
So wherever we you go, preach. wherever we go, that's where prosperity is. So if you put me in the Antarctic, it's going to prosper. If you put me in the rainforest, it's going to prosper. You put me in the savanna, it's going to prosper. Wherever you put me, it's going to prosper. Why? Because prosperity is not a place. Prosperity is not a destination. Prosperity is what God is on the inside of us. Prosperity is who we are. Yes. So if prosperity is God in us, why would we go where God <laughs> didn't say go? Yeah, absolutely. We're going to prosper wherever. So it says, whoever pursues righteousness and love finds life, prosperity, and honor. That's right. Guys, pause. He does not say who's chasing the bag. That's right. He like I see so many people. You you're so proud of living the hustle life. Yeah. You are so proud of being on team no sleep. And you know, I just you should break up with that because you have a better promise. You know who the hustle life is for? People who don't know their God will yeah. prosper them. Yeah. Listen, this is what he says. He says, whoever pursues righteousness and love finds life, prosperity, and honor. What are you pursuing? Yeah, because life, prosperity, and honor is in righteousness. It's in righteousness. So when you pursue after righteousness, you find life, you find prosperity, you find honor. Why? Because those things are contained in righteousness. Now watch this. If you then are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, then, what's then where mean? do you find life, prosperity, and, and honor? In you. You find it in you as you are in Christ. And that's what he's been trying to show us all the way back to you are complete in him. Yes, yes, yes. You know, I was thinking about this when we were walking through the pandemic 2020. Let me say that because the pandemic went on for a while. But when we were in 2020 and the Lord had given me a very specific goal for my business, mm -hmm. a financial goal. And, I, you know, I believe in goals. I believe in checking my numbers. I believe in all of that stuff. But I also believe that the best thing I could ever do is just do whatever God tells sure, me to do for sure. my business. So it is December. It is. It's like the the December 10th. And I'm talking to one of my good friends and we hold each other accountable for our business numbers. Right. And I am about to go on vacation till the end of the month. And I don't have my numbers yet. And she says to me, you can't go on vacation. You got to get your numbers. I said, child, the Lord is the one who gave me these numbers and the Lord knows where we are on these numbers. I'm going on vacation. Right. And literally from about the 10th to the 29th, people would send me money. And this is what they would say. I was just going over that class you get. You taught me. I didn't pay you enough for that. I didn't pay you enough for that. On the 29th, I had gone over the goal and I sent her the numbers and she said, Girl, what is it that you understand? I understand that if you do it God's way, you will prosper. Because God already knows. Because God already what knows do. what he's going to do. Some of y'all need to, some of y'all, that needs to be, that needs to become y'all mantra. God already knows what he's going to do. So if God tells me to do something, I'm going to obey because God already knows what the outcome is going to be. Now you think about because it. God knows what the outcome is going to be. I ain't got to guess about I what the outcome is going to be. Guess. Now you think about how cool this is. It's the end of the year. Everybody's pushing to meet their number, right? At this point, my business is closed for the year. I'm sitting on the couch watching NCIS. And what are the chances that someone sends you and says, I need to pay you this extra money because I didn't pay enough for your class? If the Lord told you the numbers, the chance is highly probable. The chance is highly That's probable. That's the thing. People go, oh, my God. Why was somebody? If God told you to do a certain thing, the chances that it's going to work out is highly probable. And so many times people get off their God plane yes. because you're looking at somebody else or you're looking that it won't work. But it says, but if I pursue righteousness, what was I doing when I was taking my vacation? The Lord had told me when to shut yeah. my business down yeah. for the year. So I did. Then my this is OK. Let and, me say and, and that's really number five, though. It's the, if, when you obey God, favor flows. Favor flow. Favor follows so you number when five, you obey God. So do you see how these all flow together? The Lord favors the righteous. So he raises up people to do 
what we can't do for ourselves. And many of us, because we're trying to control the journey, we miss out on the favor God has for us because we're trying to formulate favor. And that's where in favor flows from God. In fact, we see that in Psalms 84. It says, for the Lord God is a sun and a shield. Now watch this. He's a sun, right? That means when, when, when things need to be illuminated and bright and you need energy and all that, he'll give it to you. But when the world gets too tough on you and things are coming at you too fast, he'll also be your shield. He'll be your sun and your shield. It says the Lord bestows favor. It means he grants that favor. He gives it. He gives favor and he gives honor. He says That's no good. good thing does the Lord withhold from those that who walk, walk up right or who walk in blamelessness. He says, listen, if you walk upright, what does that mean? That means you're living out this resurrected life. You're living out this lifestyle of righteousness. You are doing the things that put you in a position for God to hear your prayers. You're living in a position to do those things for God to be able to sustain you. You're doing all of these things that we're talking about in these steps, right? God is prospering you. He's taking you to the next level and he's showing you favor as you go. And then now with that favor, you're able to use that favor, not just for yourself, but now you can use that favor to help other people. I love and it's that. just it's just a wonderful thing in how God does that. And I, and I and I love it because a lot of times we think about about favor and trying to make connections. And there's nothing wrong with networking. There's nothing wrong with getting to know people. But if that becomes your foundation for how you prosper, you're only going to be able to go to, as far as your natural ability because it says it says favor is bestowed from the Lord. Well, and everybody just shout favor. Man, favor. It's the favor of God. So God wants to favor us. So go back to the beginning of this. So what God wants to do, he hears our prayers. He mm -hmm. knows where we are. Mm -hmm. He knows where he wants to get yeah. us. He deliver us from all of the past that will try all to keep us troubles. from getting there. Yeah. He sustains us on the journey. Yeah. He causes us to prosper. And then he favors us. Tell your name, you just want to live righteously. He will favor you. And we God. know that favor does for us what money can't. Favor does what money can't do. Um, Favor will cause your boss to promote you two levels. Mm -hmm. Favor will cause your name to come up in a conversation and they create a position for you. Mm. Favor will cause you to get into a door that other people have been beating the door down trying to get into. Listen, favor, favor will get policies, procedures, and regulations changed in your favor. They, they, they Literally, they will get changed in your favor because God has this way of always leaning toward things for his children. And when you are, when you are walking in the favor of God, that, that literally means there are things you don't even have to ask for. There are things that you don't even have to ask, like, like in the natural, you don't have to ask somebody to do for you. God will put it on their heart to do it for you. God will do it on their heart. Listen, I want to give y'all one of my best favorite stories is in law school. When I was in law school, I took a class called Civil Procedure A and B. Civil Procedure A, I made a B minus. In Civil Procedure A, B, I made an F. I made an F. And here was the thing that really vexed me. He would not let me see my test. You can't graduate law school without civil procedure. So I know I'm going to have to take this class my um, my my three L year. I don't want to take this class again because I am convinced there was a lot of racism that happened at school. So I'm very convinced I did not funk, especially when he won't let me see my test. I am convinced that this is an issue of racism here. So all through my soft, my 2L year, I pray that God will do something for me so that I don't have to take this class again. The third year, this dude comes out with something. He had been teaching there for a bunch of years. He had never done anything like it. He says, everybody who failed this class right here, all you have to do is write a paper explaining what civil procedure is and I will give you a grade for it. And I ended up getting a B. That is God changing policy and procedure mm -hmm. and favor. Now, I want to say this. There was time in between that. So mm -hmm. I had to let the Lord sustain me. There were times that the Lord told me to be quiet because I was so aggravated about the 
what I felt was racism and all of that different stuff. And the Lord just kept, kept saying to me, don't worry, I'm going to work it out. Yeah. Now, I'm thinking that the way he's going to work it out is that he's going to force this instructor to go back in and regrade my paper or do something else. But God doesn't do that. And this is when you say that favor helps somebody else, right? That favor ended up. The, that that I was praying for, it ended up helping everybody impacted by that, not just me. And so we need to understand that God will hear our prayers, yes. that God will sustain us and that he will deliver us. And that sometimes favor will show up in a way that you least expected. Mm -hmm. It ain't yeah. fair, but it's favor. It, it ain't fair, but it's favor, Amen. right? Okay. So then number six, what else does the Lord do? He exalts the righteous. Yes, he does. He exalts the righteous. Not only does he prosper us and favor us, but then he exalts us as well. He exalts the righteous. Why does he exalt the righteous? The Bible says when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. Many of you, there are many of you, you don't want leadership roles. You run from leadership roles. But God wants righteous people in leadership. Mm -hmm. Why? Because when righteous people are in leadership, they can hear him and they will do what he needs yes. to get done, done. It says in Proverbs 14 and 34, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin condemns any people. So if righteousness exalts a nation, righteousness exalts a family. Mm -hmm. Righteousness exalts a company. Yeah. Righteousness exalts a person. Yeah. And I believe that there are people who literally God had good plans for them and things he wanted to do for them. But like Saul, they would not follow instruction. And the Bible says that God puts up and God pulls down. And we get excited about the fact that God puts up, right? right. But God also pulls down. And there have been people um, years ago that we only have one more. So I'll tell you this story. Years ago, we had an opportunity where um, um, someone got a job in Northwest Arkansas that they were not qualified for. It was an athletic job. We happened to go to dinner with them because we were pat um we, we we were pastoring and so they were looking for a church. We went to dinner with them. While we're sitting at dinner, the Lord tells me to tell the person, "You only got this job because of your heart towards me. The, you don't qualify for this job. This wasn't your season to get this job, but your heart got you promoted. But if you don't do what I tell you to do, you will not keep this job." The person like freaked out, like started crying, like confirmation, all of this different stuff. And then the person let the pressure of the environment mm -hmm. cause them to do the very thing God warned them not to do. And God got them up out of here. Yeah. It is not just that God sits us at tables. It is that when we sit at those tables, he wants us to represent him. And so sometimes people put a cap on where God would exalt them and increase them. Because when you get in the space, you act like the environment instead of representing God. Well, you know, it's the uh, same idea. Israel was never supposed to have a king. God was supposed to be their king. But the people saw other nations and they was like, they got a king and they got a king and they got a king. We need a king. So God allowed them to have a king and had that king done what he was supposed to, that, that, that king would have been exalted and stayed there. But he didn't. And the Bible says that God repented. He repented for ever making Saul king. He repented for ever making Saul king and, 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 and he, he ripped it from him. He changed his mind. He changed about his Saul. mind. Tell your neighbor, say, you don't want God to change your change his mind about you. So God will exalt you, but don't ever think that, 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 that to be exalted means you can't be brought back down if you stop doing the thing that God has. I mean, it, it, it's like this. It's like a parent telling the kid, you can drive this car, but here are the rules to driving the car. You can't speed. You can't be texting while you're driving. You got to make sure that I know where you are and you got to make sure you keep the car clean and, and take care of it. If the kid isn't doing those things, you go, you know what? Give my car back. You can't drive that car. Okay. They were exalted to a level to be able to have a car, but they didn't do the things necessary to maintain it. So it got taken from them. The same thing is true with us. There are some things God wants to give us and you can't be one of those people who are on the path. And then when, as you get those things, you stop doing what God has said. You said something last night when we were driving back. You said, 
the thing that people need to do is learn to be self-reflective. They need to be because many times when things are tapping off in our life. We just want to blame Sue. Yeah. We want to blame the devil. Yeah. But we need to ask sometimes, did I create a scenario that made me untrustworthy for what you had previously given me? Be mature enough to ask yourself the hard question. Yes. What was my role in this? What was my role? And in most this? people are not mature enough to stop and ask themselves, what was my role in this? What did I do that played a part in me being in this position? Because that's hard. The easy part is to say it's Sean's fault. The easiest part is to say it's Ralph's fault. It's Chris's fault. It's Sid's fault. It's, it's Chandra's fault. It, it's, it's all of their faults. That's the reason I'm in this situation because of them. Because what that does, it takes all the ownership off of me and it refocuses so on somebody else. But what it also does is it simultaneously makes me a victim. Because if I'm in the current state because of somebody else, then I'm going to stay here as long as they want me to. So it is hard to look at yourself and say, hey, what was the role that I played in this? But the power in that is that if I recognize what my role is, guess who has the power to change it? I do. I do. I do. And one of the things that I've just learned from listening to you teach people i mean um you know being in the pandemic and so we're both doing our jobs mm -hmm. in the same space is how many times i have heard you give your team an instruction mm -hmm. someone on your team doesn't follow the instruction then your boss comes back with some correction from them and they're so offended and so upset and i'm like I don't even work here, but I know that you didn't do the thing that he told yep. you to do. Yep. And it's so easy to blame other people. It's so easy to say, my, my former pastor didn't teach me. It's because of my ex-husband. It's because of my kids. But when do you accept the onus to say, if God delivers, if God sustains, mm -hmm. if God prospers, if God hears Come me, on. then there is nothing anybody can do to keep me in bondage but me. Absolutely. And I think that people don't own sometimes that some of the recurring relationship problems, the recurring money problems, the recurring job problems are because, yes, you are born again, but you don't follow instructions. Absolutely. Absolutely. You don't follow instructions. And you don't follow instru instructions. And then when you're not self-reflective, you don't even know you're not following the instructions. You don't because you say it again. When you're not self-reflective, you don't even know that you're not following the instruction because you're not looking at what was my role in this. You're only looking at the outcome. You're only saying, but I didn't get this or this thing happened or this thing didn't happen or happened in the wrong way. But what was your role in it? What was your role? Because that's how you get full growth. Um, I'll give you this good. You know, what? where's this scripture right here? Um, it says, um, if you believe in God, you'll be established. Mm -hmm. But if you believe his prophet, you will prosper. Mm -hmm. Many people miss out on their prosperity because they ignore the voice of the prophet sent to them. Yep. What do I mean by that? We have a rule. That if we go to our spiritual parents yep. or our mentors because we did not know what to do, we're going to do whatever they told us mm -hmm. to do. We've been in ministry 22 years and I have watched that people will come to us. We will say, you need to leave your job. They will come up with a reason not to leave mm -hmm. their job. Yep. They will stay at their job. And what people will do is that when, when you don't understand how the kingdom of God operates, right? How God answers mm -hmm. prayers, how God delivers, yep. how God sustains, how God does all of those things, you will come. And, and I say this all the time. And, and I want I, I say this about Pastor Edwin because I really want people to hear this. I'm a lot more serious than you are most of the time. Yep. I, I am. But I have tried to train our kids. And I have tried to train everybody who walks closely with us that we can be out. We could even be at the end of this live and he might be laughing and joking about something. And then he'll get real serious and make one statement. And I have watched people miss their prosperity 
because they can't discern between when he was joking and when he just gave you a word that's mm. going to change your life. I have watched people. And I don't, I don't, I don't do the, I don't, you know, you know, sometimes people get a word and they, they, their eyes kind of twitch back. Whatever. And they, <laughs> and they, they get real people. serious and, and thus saith the Lord. I, I, I just don't do that. But there are times that the Lord will say something to me and it'll be so powerful that even in the midst of a joke, I'll stop and I'll, you know, I'll say something to somebody, you know, and, and, and it really is this thing that, that, that the Holy Spirit is almost like just, just, just threw out of me for their life. It'll bubble it up will. out of yeah. us, you, me, it'll bubble up out of, and we have watched people struggle because you say God called you to a place. Mm -hmm. You aren't sure what to do. There have been times, um, you, you are not an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. There have been times you have walked into my office and said, I feel like you need to do X. Oh, I'm about to do that. I'm about to do that because people need to understand that prophetic voices, they are gifts for your life. Right. So I, it doesn't have to be a personal word. It could be something like this. We're sitting here, Pastor Edwin has said over and over again, everybody who is connected to this ministry should at least make what? A hundred thousand dollars. That was the word the Lord gave him. Years ago, that number was $40,000. I watch people year after year after year not take that word for themselves and live another year living under $100,000 because, yes, you're on your way to heaven, but the word that was designed to prosper you, you discounted it. And I feel so necessary to tell you that because I do feel like I feel like that there are just these things that God is trying to give us. And because we don't value prophetic voices, we don't value the voices God has given us. We treat it just like our cousin Joe said it or something. You know, it's, it's interesting. And I've said this before, and no slight to anybody, but the easiest people to receive the word about $100,000 so often are people who are not connected to me at all. It's amazing the number of people who literally have probably never watched me preach a message. They've never come physically to FOC, may not have even, maybe only saw a clip or something, or heard, heard, a, heard an excerpt of something you just said like that. They'll reach out, they'll be like, hey, I'm at my job, I'm making $60,000. I heard you say people are supposed to make $100,000. I wanna know what that means. We'll have a conversation for a week or two and I'll find out, I'll like, look, the job you're in, they're not gonna pay you $100,000 because you, you don't solve a $100,000 level problem that people get paid based on the level of problem that they solve. And, and the, the problem you're solving is about a $40,000 problem. It's about a $60,000 problem. You have the skills to solve a $100,000 problem, but it's not at this particular corporation. You need to go find another job. Here are some jobs that will pay you to solve those kind of problems. They will apply for those jobs, get those jobs, and be like, Pastor Edwin, thank you. I'm making $116,000 a year now. And other people I've been talking to for years, are still at the same job because the people are nice to them. They're still at the same job because it's familiar to them. They're at the same job because it's easy for them. And I'm like, well, that's fine, but you can't be complaining about not making $100,000 a year if you're going to choose easy. If you're going to choose easy over money, then fine. But you can have them both if you're not scared to go out and do it and if you'll listen to the person's voice who you've been called to. Or the people who've gotten houses. The people who've gotten houses, yep. we've seen people who their credit score did not qualify for them for a house. Yep. And we said, we released the same anointing that was on yep. us for our first house. Go start following instruction. Go look for a house. Yep. A couple of weeks ago, I said to people, I said, if you are looking for a house, get up today, even if you think you're a year out. Even if you think you're two years out, get up today yep. and go yep. and look. Yep. I want you to hear me. If you didn't go look, you don't qualify. Yeah. If you didn't go look. No, I love what Chris says. He said, that's why sinners have our money because we're not listening to our prophets and not acting on the word from our shepherds. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know if she is, uh, Century says she got up and went. Chris says she got up and went. 
I'll never forget Angel Preston, who was a new member in a new partner in the pandemic. She didn't know us from Adam. Right. And we began to prophesy that in a pandemic, people were going to break through and make more money than they had ever made before. She had a good job, but she was like, wait, my, my man and woman, God said it's another job. She went and looked. Not only did she get a new job, she's like had all of these things happen to her where she came out being the superstar, some kind of award for being a rock star in the new job. Kimberly said, and the house testimony and the prophetic word for $100,000 has changed change my life. And it's like, guys, if you're making $50,000 and you're struggling to pay your bills, there are many of you who don't even understand that in 2020, if you had just followed the instruction, you could have gotten a skill to be making two hundred. I mean, hundred thousand dollars. I'm by telling now. you right now, and I know this by the grace of God. There's a lot of people watching this broadcast right now. You already have the skills. You already have the talent, and you have the experience. You got to stop. And I'm gonna say it like this: You got to stop being scared. You scurred. And that's the reason that you sit there and say, well, why would somebody pay me that money? My question is always, why wouldn't they pay me that? Why wouldn't they pay me $250,000 a year? Why wouldn't they do that? Because the reality of it is, is I have the skills and I have the talent. And if I will show up knowing that I'm showing up because God's told me to be there with that kind of confidence, then everything that you need will be there. And, and really... You know, I, and I, I feel a staring on this because God which wants This his, is actually step number seven. This is actually our last one, which is that the Lord grants the fullness of his kingdom to his righteousness. The, those who are righteous, God grants the fullness of his kingdom. What's the fullness of the kingdom? The Bible tells us in Matthew 6, 33 to just what? Seek ye first the kingdom of uh, the kingdom of God and his righteousness and what? All these things, they will be given unto you. What things? Things like the prophetic word that says every partner has a right to make $100,000 a year, minimum. It'll be given to you if you do what? Seek his kingdom. Seeking his kingdom is also understanding when he gives you a man or a woman in your life who you say you're called to and listening to those instructions. You know, the great thing about us is that I don't want to be anybody's Holy Ghost. I do not want you know, to be the boss so you, you, I think my track record speaks for itself. You don't hear me telling people, don't go see this movie. Don't go do this. Don't go do that. Don't go here. Don't go there. That, that's, that's not my job. The job of the Holy Spirit is to tell you those things. My job is to help you see the blind spots in your life that you don't see. My job is to help you synthesize and think through the things that you're about to do. It's going to change the trajectory of your life. If you trust me and you trust the word that God gives me, then when I give you those words, you've got to also trust I'm not doing it haphazardly. That I take great time and I take great seriousness before I give out a word. It's why I'm not out here. Now, now nothing wrong with it, but it's why I'm not prophesying every day. It's also why I tell people, hey, listen, you don't always need a word from every prophet in the land. What you need to do is hear what God is telling you to do. And then the person that God has connected you to Trust that person with that word so that in the event that you've heard something wrong or there's a soul desire there, there's not a spiritual desire, that man or woman of God can help point you in the right direction. That's what our spiritual parents do for us. That's what our spiritual parents do for yeah. us. So, you know, and this is, and we can really, we're, we're starting to wrap up so you can get ready to give your seed. And man, you got great ground to give your seed into, but I can remember there are several people. I think Sheila Newsom is one of them. Trinika is one of them where they got a job and that job didn't put them exactly where they wanted to be. And I say, babe, so-and-so just got a job. Man, you might not even look up from your computer and you say, tell them that's not the final job. Really? Go back and look again. And and what happens sometimes for many of you, go ahead and free yourself. And there's nothing wrong with progressing. But let me tell you something. If you're progressing in your career, getting a job and staying there five years is not progressing. You can't, you can't, you can't, I can't express this enough. Research has, so, I've seen so many articles. I've been saying this since 1998. You have, you've been saying this before people was writing. It was prophetic because you were saying it before people was writing about because it. Because literally, I remember when people said it was crazy for me to leave my job as teaching. But I was like, the Lord said, the, and that was that was like in 99. He, he literally said, the for you to get to where you want to go, he says, you're going to have to be willing to change jobs every two to three years. And people just thought nobody does that. That's going to look so bad on your resume. It's going to look horrible. Blah, 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 blah. Now, you know what people are asking me? 
How do I get to the next job? How do I do this? How do I do that? There's nothing wrong with having a job and staying there 25 years. That's fine. But if you, but, but I guarantee you, every person on this broadcast, whatever company you work for, when they hire somebody to come to work for, for that company, they are paying them more than what they were paying them at the other company. And you know what you're getting? 2.3%. You're getting cost of living. That's what you're getting. You're getting your cost of living raised. If you work for a company that gives a bonus, okay, you get your bonus with everybody else. But now with the way the economy is going, some, they're, not, they're not even doing bonuses anymore. If you want to get to that number, <laughs> you have to be willing to say, I'm willing to do it God's way. And if God tells me, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying everybody. If God tells you, hey, here's what you need to do to get there, then get there. You know, if you say, well, I, this is a job God told me to stay here, then, then stay there. But don't stay there and complain about what you're not making. Say, God, you told me to stay here. I believe you'll make a way for me to get there. And then, and then, and then let him sustain you until you get there. Yes. Yes. I also want to say this. As a person who used to live in this place, a lot of times people say God said because mm -hmm. they're afraid. Yeah, they're scared. Because they're <laughs> afraid. So you say God told you to stay because it's comfortable. But hear me, believer. Hear me, partner. God is not interested in your comfort zone. Yeah. And many of us, if we're not careful, you're going to allow your comfort zone to keep you out of destiny. Mm. You're going to allow your comfort zone to keep you out. Some of you, there's some people right now, hear me. You are supposed to go back to school. You have tapped out in your industry at, but without going back to school. But you don't want to go back to school because you didn't do well the first time as though God is crazy and don't know what it takes for you to get through school. Some of you, you're at jobs right now and you don't make a hundred thousand. If you don't make if you're a partner and you don't make a hundred thousand dollars, hear the word of the Lord. Look for a job. That's the word. You don't need God to come and whisper to you to look for a job when your pastors are saying to you, this is what we see that God wants to do. Robert is going back to school. That's right. You got to do what God is telling you to do. Why does this matter so much, God? And you got to believe. Part of it, you know, you have to have a, you have to believe. You have to believe that someone is willing to compensate your time at that rate because if you don't believe it then that's the thing that stops it from happening so many times god ain't out here withholding jobs that pay over a hundred thousand there's a lot you can go to indeed today and there's thousands of jobs that pay more than that the problem is is not everybody even believes they can make it they're like oh i don't know if somebody would pay me for that but i know there are people who i know who make that and they don't even have a degree they don't even have a degree because this is not this is not our parents old economy uh some of your most wealthy people are people who don't have degrees so there's so many people on this broadcast who are creators you know you don't actually have to work for someone to make a hundred thousand dollars there are so many opportunities to make over a hundred thousand dollars we ain't saying you necessarily have to go and work a nine to five for somebody you know, there are so many things that you could be doing on your own because you're so creative. And I don't want people to get into a, a lockstep about one way to do it. I want you to hear from God. The main thing is, is to know that it's possible. I want you to know that it's possible. Okay, so I want to give them a believing hat. Okay. Here's the believing hat. When you first told me I could make $100,000, mm -hmm. I didn't know if people would pay me, but yeah. I believed you. Cause I knew you was my man of God. So sometimes your hack is guys that if you can't see it yourself, you believe somebody who, you know, can hear from God. Mm. I got there the first hundred K I got there because I believed you. I didn't know you to be a liar. Do y'all see the difference in that? If you're like, cause what I was saying to you is people are paying somebody else a whole lot more money and getting less results. And have that not been what many people have told you when they work with you? Yes. They're like, I paid thousands of dollars and I didn't get anything out of this. I had two sessions with you and I'm healed and delivered. And they still paid you less than they paid all those people. So I'm like, why wouldn't they pay you to do that? People pay for what they value. And I get it now, but I didn't right. get it then. So I'm trying to help the people who may be where I was. 
I didn't see it the way you saw it, but I knew you heard from God. Mm. And that's what we're saying to you guys. This in every season, I don't care whether it's monkeypox. I don't care whether it's um, COVID. I don't care what the issue is. God has a way for his people to prosper, whether it's famine, whether it's abundance. God has a way for you to prosper. Mm -hmm. So we're sitting here saying to many of you, you have lived in this place for too long where you don't know how you go pay your bills. You have lived in a place too long where you can't afford to take a vacation and be a blessing Mm -hmm. to other people. Come out of that place. What are you going to do? You're going to begin to look for another job or other streams of income or how to scale your business in such a way that it will get you there. And then you have to be willing to do what God is instructing you to do, even when it don't make sense. Man, that ought to be y'all seat yeah. this morning. And for those of you who make $100,000, you ought to be going for $200,000. Why should you be going for $200,000? Pastor, are you telling me to be selfish? No, I'm not telling you to be selfish. Here's what I'm telling you. If all of our pastors, if all of our partners made $200,000, then all of us, If I, I, I'm not talking about couples. If each, if I, if I make two, you make two, every couple, each person makes two. How many scholarships could we do? Yeah. What else could we do with that? We could buy cars for single mothers. We could help people get housing. We can't afford to be broke because beyond us, there are too many people God wants us to bless. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I love what Kim said. No, 200K, I'm coming for you. Because yeah. this is, and this is the way I've progressed since listening to you. Baby, because if anybody in the industry making 200K, you can make 200K. And if ain't nobody in the industry. And you don't have to stress yourself out to do it. Yeah. All you do is say, okay, here's what I believe I have the right to have. Father God, show me how. Show and then, me and how. then enjoy the process of getting to it. Enjoy that process of walking it out. Yeah. Did y'all get something from this? All right, so those are the benefits. So I, in case you missed it, at the very end, the last seven, eight, ten minutes, it's been prophetic words to you about your financial increase. Do you know? Because how God much, wants to give you the fullness of the kingdom. He wants to give you the fullness. He wants to give you the fullness of the he kingdom. He wants to give you the fullness of the kingdom. And then, if you're married, stop trying to force your spouse to do it your way. You, we don't have to do everything the same way. We don't have to, we don't have to have the same interest. There is prosperity and increase on each of us, regardless. We, and we don't have to do it all the same way. Mm-hmm. If you want to do real estate, that don't mean I got to do real estate right. with you. Right. Everything doesn't have to be a joint prosper, right. pro, um, project. project. Many things it'll be God told you to do this and God told me to do this. Yes. And when we both do what God told us to do, we will prosper. Amen. 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 Say, I believe I receive. I believe I receive. It's your opportunity to sow. But while you are preparing your seed today, because I know you want to give into this. If the first thing you need to sow is your life to the Lord. Yes. So if you're listening to this and you're like, I need to give my life to Jesus. If you're listening to this and you're like, I need to come home from the way that I have lived then this is your time to come home. Because here's the thing. Can you have money without Jesus? Sure. You can. Absolutely. But you don't really want that. Yeah. Can, you, can you have these things without Jesus? Sure. Yes, but you, you don't want to. Because the biggest prize, the best prize, the best gift we will ever have is the Lord Jesus Amen. Christ. And if you fall in love with Jesus, he will change everything about your life. And many things that have been so hard for you, will become easy because of the grace that he allows you to Amen. live with. Amen. So Amen. we love you guys. Amen. We talked about we're going to do a couple of announcements, so we'll just do just a couple of those. Just want to remind you that on August the 28th, August the 28th of 2022, we will have our next huddle. Our next huddle, the huddle is when we uh, all come together for our live in-person worship. That will be the last Sunday, I believe, in the month of August. So we encourage you to come out. 
We encourage you to uh, make plans to attend. Uh, we'll have children's church available. We'll have our live praise and worship will be in the house. Uh, we'll have a, a wonderful teaching and just an opportunity to just love on each other and see everybody. So I want to remind you about that. I want to say thank you again for uh, the scholarship. Uh, our official total was right at $130,000. Uh, there was a couple of things that came in the mail people had sent, but it was postmarked prior to July 31st. So I counted those. So almost right at $130,000 yes, in 31 days. So praise God for that. Praise God for that. Thank you for every person who gave. I want to remind you about the word that was shared at the huddle. Uh, that you have a right to believe God for a two-year surplus. Uh, I want you to not pigeonhole God and what that looks like in your life, but just know that everything you're going to need in the next two years, it's going to be easy. And you guys got to start thinking about it like that before it ever shows up. Because remember, the enemy's going to want to wear you out. He's going to want to wear you out, make you think that God's word isn't true. But he's a liar from the pit of hell. What God has said to us is a promise to us, and we receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Just remember, all of our announcements happen like this on Monday. We do strategies for success. Uh, Pastor Shun does that for both her professional and her um, business page. Uh, on Tuesdays, we have prayer at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. All of our times are Central Standard Times. Uh, we believe that something supernatural happens when we pray. And so we collectively come together twice a week to do that. Tuesday is our first opportunity. And then on Wednesdays, we have uh, Ignite and we have uh, Victory Zone, which is actually on demand. It can be on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Truly encouraging you parents to have small who have small children. Uh, let them watch the Victory Zone lessons. I know that they watch a lot of things on YouTube and everything else, but uh, these are quality lessons. Uh, and it's going to be uh, much more valuable than some of the some of the things they'll spend 15 minutes watching on uh, YouTube. Uh, Ignite, if you have a team, uh, you want to get your team connected, you can simply go to the website. Uh, there's a link on that website. You'll find it uh, about how to connect your uh, student to Ignite. That's at 7 p.m. and they meet via Zoom. So I'm encouraging you to do that. Then after that, Pastor Rav comes with Refresh Bible Study. It is at 8 p.m. Uh, again, just another opportunity in the week where we get to come and to be uh, refreshed in the word. We get to hear uh, a, a, another opportunity to hear what God is saying. So I encourage you to do that. On Thursdays, we don't have anything uh, scheduled, uh, but on Friday mornings, we ask you to join us at 6.30 a.m. Central Standard Time. And shout out to the West Coast people. I was on the West Coast one time and uh, was joining prayer, and I realized what that 430 feels like. So uh, I appreciate those of you on the West Coast who show up time and time again at 430 a.m. Uh, <clears throat> to be there with us on prayer. And so I appreciate that. And then, of course, on Sunday, we have Pastor Chris and Elder Valley with praise and worship, followed by me or Pastor Sean or both of us at 930 a.m. And so we ask you to govern yourselves accordingly. Stay connected to the word. Stay connected. When you are connected, then you don't, you know, you don't, you don't get these instances where the enemy can try to wear you out. Uh, Pastor Ralph said it on Wednesday night, and I, 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 it bears repeating. Even if you miss a service, you're still responsible for the word. You're still responsible. We video, we, it's, it's recorded for you. So maybe you couldn't be here this morning. Maybe you couldn't be there on Wednesday, but you're still responsible for that word. Amen. Amen. This is your year of great progress. It is. Go in progress. Amen. It is your year of great progress. Y'all have a great week. God we bless y'all. Bye-bye.